0: Good morning, beloved Covenant family, and good morning to all of our online friends. It's such a joy to be able to be with you, and kiddos, I am so glad to have the chance to be with you this morning. Kids, this morning we're going to be talking about something that's sad and that is hard for us to talk about. The Bible tells us that when God created us, he created every single human being in his image. It doesn't matter what our eyes look like. It doesn't matter what our hair looks like. It doesn't matter what our skin looks like. But we're talking today about how people can be mean to other people just because of the color of their skin. When God first made the world, it was perfect. And everything went just the way God wanted it to go, according to his will. But then we came along and we decided we wanted things to go our way according to our will instead of his way. And now the world isn't the way that God wants it to be. The world is broken in a lot of ways. But part of why God has us here in this broken world right now is to help this world become more like the way God wants it to be. That's why we pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this morning, we're going to be learning together about how to respond with love when others aren't loving, and how to respond with compassion when others are feeling hurt and sad. The events of this past week have been so jarring for all of us. First of all, the senseless life-taking of George Floyd, followed by this upswell of emotion that has, that has burst out spontaneously all across our country. For those of us who aren't people of color, it can be difficult for us to understand and to enter into the deep vein of generations-long pain and, and frustration and helplessness that is coming to the surface during these days. And it's rising up after years and years of mistreatment and injustice. We want to understand, but we have to admit that we don't. And we want to make a difference, but we have to admit that we don't know how. I've been blessed to call James Foster my friend and my brother for a decade now. And we have been so blessed as a church to be able to serve and to worship alongside james church the living truth of christ church he is a man whose humble heart we have come to know well it seemed appropriate this morning in the light of all that's taking place in our nation that we would step back and that we would listen that we would invite James' wife Dimitra to come and lead us in prayer and that we would invite james to come and speak his heart to us this morning to help us understand a bit more of the pain and the suffering that lies behind this deep swelling up of emotion that followed the death of George Floyd and of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and others before George Floyd, and to help us know what we might be able to do in the face of so many systemic obstacles to justice and flourishing on the part of our African-American brothers and sisters in this country. We are always grateful for James' presence with us, but we are especially grateful for your being with us today, James. Uh, James has gone through his own significant loss in the past few weeks, first losing his sister and then his brother to the COVID-19 virus. So uh, your presence is especially a gift for us in this time, and we are so glad to have you here. Would you all please pray with me? Lord, again and again, in your word, you promise that if we cry out to you, you will hear our cry and you will be compassionate toward us. And in Proverbs chapter 21, it says in the strongest of terms that you call us to respond with compassion to the cries of the people around us in the same way that your heart is moved to respond. Lord, there are so many ways that we are blind. There are so many ways we don't understand. There are so many ways we are complicit. There are so many ways that we ourselves have responded with hearts that have been indifferent and even hard rather than to respond with hearts of compassion to the cries of our fellow human beings. So guide James in his speaking. Guide us in our hearing. Give us today a heart that is open to your instruction. Give us your heart, we pray in the name of Jesus, our King. So James, share with us what God has put on your heart this morning.
1: Thank you. Thank you, David. I'd like to first of all share a familiar passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. And in all your ways, know him, and he will make your path straight. As we see what happens to our African-American brothers and sisters in America these days, we recognize the protests that are going on, which some people refer to also as riots. And part of what makes it difficult is different perspectives, different views, from different experiences that we have. I'd like to share with you one man's perspective, one black man's perspective. And my purpose is for understanding. I'm praying that we all look to God for a deeper understanding of how to get along with one another, how to look at one another, how to encourage one another, how to love one another, how to pray for one another. I thank God for blessing us with his word that gives us the guide that we need to move forward and no matter whatever the challenges may be. When this worship service ends, I'm praying you leave with more power to relate better with what's going on. Many of you recognize the pain which is being expressed. My pain as an African American began back in my teen years as I observed my parents going through some challenges of looking to purchase a home and not allowed to purchase in certain neighborhoods, so some frustration came about. My pain also continued as I began to see what was going on back in the 60s, assassination of the Kennedys, assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, people who stood for bringing people together in the right way. My pain as a black man in the United States of America continued as I began to hear more about the history of what was going on in the making of this country and where black people stood and not valued. Little pain when I left Gary, Indiana, and came to Purdue University. See, back in Gary, I was not a minority. I was among a lot of people who looked like me, didn't feel like being a minority until I got on Purdue's campus. And that really got exercised because in addition to the general culture shock, I'm on my way to another building on campus after dinner, and a pickup truck drives by, and eggs come flying out toward me, and racial slurs come out of the cab of that pickup truck. And I'm thinking, I didn't do anything to those guys. What is going on? So God blessed me to experience this pain. And what people are seeing today are the protests. George Floyd, police officer, knelt on his neck. Even minutes after he became Lifeless, minutes after he was unconscious. We see the intent there. Ahmoud Aubrey, tracked down while jogging and shot. Brianna Taylor, woman shot up in her own home after it was raided by police, as it was raided by police. And some of you remember Eric Gardner, another unarmed black man who told officers he could not breathe. And then there's Trayvon Martin, young boy, just a boy, put to, death, put to death, laying on the sidewalk. So the constant continued attacks on people of color in this country does cause some reaction, does cause some challenges. Over time, the pain becomes very intense. The pain, the pain becomes very agonizing as he's acts, these evil acts continue. I think about black parents who are concerned for how to raise young boys in our country today. We see the anger. While there's no excuse for destruction, there's no excuse for stealing and looting. They're all wrong. But understanding why people are saying enough is enough, why people are acting out being taken to their limits, asking how long, how long. Most blacks aren't set on destruction. And notice that the protests usually start off very peaceful and then seemingly turn violent. Well, some of you are watching the news reports close enough to know that there's a distinction among a lot of people who show up for the violent acts, a lot of people who show up for the looting, a distinction among those compared to those who were at the beginning of the protest. And investigations are showing that even some of those folks who show up, the bad characters, I would refer to them, are people from out of state, people even from out of the country, people who it seems like they're working to give black people in this country even bad name, bad character. And so we're seeing things from different perspectives, different lenses, with our different experiences as our basis. We're raised differently. I remember when growing up in the 60s, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, his speech with that familiar statement, we have some difficult days ahead. And when he said that, I'm sure, I'm sure, I, could, I, I feel pretty sure that he had no idea that we would be facing COVID-19 in 2020, that he had no idea that George Floyd would lose his life the way he did In 2020 all these years afterwards but there was some truth to what he said difficult days ahead the evil continues I remember he and those who marched with him although peaceful were met with the horrible police violence vicious dogs fire hoses and oddly enough there was a certain level of optimism that society would change somehow. And also, ironically, the black church back then was more relevant even among our people and more involved. And nowadays, we also seem to be silent. Today, decades later, many minorities recognize that things have not really gotten better, but even actually have gotten worse. The issue continues to be injustice. The issue remains injustice. The issue prominently on the table is injustice. People facing injustice. Not only people of color, but people who are needy, people who are poor also facing injustice systemically. Injustice. What's your reaction to people who face unfairness? What's your reaction to people who face discrimination? What's your reaction when you find out and know people who face inequality? What's your reaction when you understand people are facing prejudice even today and the biases? Although not sure of exactly what to do, many of you are ready to stop being a part of the silent majority. Oh, yes, silence does turn out to be a sin at times. And so many of you know that the time is now. Many of you are ready to be a part of the solution. Who's ready to trust in the Lord and stop leaning on your own understanding? See, our understanding is pretty limited. Our understanding can only go so far. And so we thank God for showing up. We thank God for introducing himself. We thank God for being here and allowing us to be in his presence and also be in our presence. Remember Jesus' parable in Luke 10, where a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan were faced with the same opportunity, the same opportunity, the opportunity to help a man, an injured, an injured man on the side of the road, a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. Priest and Levite connected with church, know of God. Priest and Levite leading other people to believe in God. Who was that injured man's neighbor? Jesus teaching this parable, answering the question, "Who is my neighbor? Have we not learned to love our neighbors as ourselves? And clearly, the neighbor turned out to be the one who decided to take the opportunity, to go ahead and offer the help, to cross racial lines, to cross the lines and offer that help. That neighbor decided, to be an active neighbor, and neighbor in action. What if the cultural roles were reversed? I'm kind of curious. What if Caucasians were the minority in this country and blacks were the majority and you were treated with injustice year in and year out, generation after generation? What would you do? What would white people do if the roles were reversed? Understanding is what I'm after. And sometimes that understanding comes when we decide to put ourselves in other person's shoes. You know there's work to be done, and some of you are feeling pretty helpless, and some of you, you want to do something, and you don't know exactly what to do. Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I thank God for calling some people to be his children. I thank God for letting us know that there are some people who would answer that call. And you may not remember the context of that particular verse. And if you were to go back and read chapter 8 in Romans, you would pick up the point that Paul was making. Apostle Paul was making a point about the fact that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't talk about our weaknesses enough to let ourselves see that we are in need of the Spirit to come in and help. Holy Spirit, come help. Come, Holy Spirit, need your help. So since there's a need to act, there's a need for people to call on the Holy Spirit. My suggestion from a practical point of view, be a cycle breaker. Break the cycle. Be intentional about getting to know somebody else black, getting to know people across color lines, people of other cultures. Be intentional about that. There's a need for people to listen. Be intentional about listening to the stories, to the experiences, so we can learn. Oh, yes, we learned it really young in life. When we shut our mouth, we wind up learning. When we're quiet and not talking and we're listening, active listening, we learn some things. Read books about blacks to your children. Let children learn about some blacks way before becoming an adult. And if you're an employer, step out of your cycle of staying comfortable with hiring whites only. Go ahead and be intentional about about hiring people who look different than you. Make yourself comfortable. Stretch that comfort zone. May not have to step completely out of it, but go ahead and do that. And those of you who are, thank you. But sometimes you need to speak up to others to encourage them to do the same. And if you're a teacher, include a focus on other cultures, including blacks. Be intentional about being the support, be intentional about being helpful. And if you're a senior citizen, oh, a senior citizen, Uh, You may not be able to do what you did when you were 20 and 30 years old. I'm in that category. A couple of years from being 70 years old. But we can at least write some letters. We can communicate to family, to friends, and let people know there's some people in this country who are hurting. And there's some things that God's children, there's some things that we who are God's family can do to be a blessing to those people. Read books. Read books. I've got a short list. I've shared it with Pastor David, and there are other books that you can read. And some of you may have read some of these books, and some of you know other books that can be read. But books to help people of one culture to bless, be a blessing to others of another culture. And so whites who want to be allies, there are some specific books that are helpful for that. Christians, believers who want to be allies. Oh, yes, there's some help. Tony Evans wrote a book entitled Oneness Embrace, a fresh look at reconciliation, the kingdom, and justice. Michelle Alexander is the one who wrote the book entitled The New Jim Crow, about mass incarceration in the age of color blindness, White fragility. Why is it so hard for white people to talk about racism? Robin DiAngelo wrote that book. And then there's a book entitled Blind Spot, Hidden Biases of Good People. A lot of people don't strike out to be bad. A lot of people don't strike out to leave other people out. But it just happens sometimes unintentionally. Let's be more intentional, more intentional, about being a blessing. And then the book is entitled, America's Original Sin, Racism, White Privilege, and the New America by Jim Wallace. So being a cycle breaker is a new thing for us. In fact, a new concept. And I thank God for Pastor David, helping me come with some thoughts to help share communication that would help God's children step up to the plate. Being a cycle breaker even fits God's plan. According to the gospel writer Matthew, Jesus said in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be called a son of God. I'd like for people to see me in action. And then it caused them to say, there goes the Son of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for paving the way. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for leaving footprints for us to follow, footprints of how to treat one another, footprints for how to be a blessing to one another. Thank you for deciding to die, providing salvation to us all. And we know that every human being doesn't accept that invitation to salvation. But for those of us who do, oh, let us get more on one accord. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing people to hang you on the cross. And in today's language, some people might understand that the way they did you wrong, you allow people to lynch you. Oh, I know about lynching. I've heard the history. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the hope that you give the hope in new life, the hope that we have, the hope that we can look forward to, the hope that's among us as we look forward to being blessed to one another. Thank you for people, for you being hungry. Covenant, white allies, for being hungry for next steps. Oh, look to God for next steps. Who's ready to know God? in all your ways, in all your ways so he can make your path straight, so he can lead you uh, down the path in the direction that he would allow you to go, that he would lead you to go today according to today's needs, according to the needs of the people today. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Clearly there's a need for believers to at least pray, And then get up and do something to make things better. Anybody see an opportunity for helping to establish anti-racist policies? Anybody see an opportunity for helping to establish anti-racist laws, encouraging somebody to be involved in those actions, somebody to be involved in accountability, building accountability where it needs to be? Are you ready to research ways to be a stronger ally? You might be an ally in heart and in mind, but to be a stronger ally, are you ready to do some research and find some ways to be even stronger? Are you ready to become more empathetic, more supportive, more aware of your own unconscious bias? Let's come together so we can build more so we can build a more inclusive community. Let's come together so we can be more involved in building, building relationships, building love, building loving relationships, building loving relationships across all kinds of lines. Let's come together. Let God lead you to find your way, your way to say to our black citizens, we see you we hear you, we support you, we stand with you. See, the truth is, is God has let us know from a long time ago, it starts with us all, all together. And even more so, there's a need for kingdom citizens to rise up, to show up, and to speak up. Kingdom citizens, God's children, Rise up, show up, stand up, speak up. See, Jesus taught us how to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's our part in God's kingdom coming on earth? as it is in heaven. What's our part in God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven? I thank God for his word. His word encourages me to trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding and in all your ways. Know him and he will make your path straight. Jesus said, we're the salt of the earth. So stop picking and choosing and be the salt to everybody whom God leads you to. Jesus said, we're the light of the world. Stop picking and choosing and get out from under that basket and be the light of the world. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our minds. Thank you, Lord, for declaring us to be your children. Let us be your children. Let's be the salt. Let's be the light. Oh, we give you thanks, dear God. Thank you for the privilege we have to be hungry for being your your righteousness in this earth. All we give you thanks in Jesus' name. God bless you.